fear is a tool, but when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call, it's a warning. Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And I'm your producer, Walter Lyle. I'm Tim Barnett. Should yes, Tim Woo! Barnett here with us. The 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 man, the myth, the person, the only person I know who loves Batman <laughs> more than probably Bob Kane. Yeah, Tim, I'm thanks probably. for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, let's start right at the top. This is a podcast about places off forgotten by Hollywood. Um, today we're discussing one of the f- year's most anticipated films, The Batman, starring the Robert Batman. Pattinson. The Bat, not Batman, The Batman. Because <laughs> Keaton's Keaton's was Batman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, uh, you've been on the show before. This is your second appearance, and I think that makes not that we are um, not that we have guests on very often, but you are, I think, the most for the. Most recurring guest on Fly yeah. Over Country. Congratulations. So, congrats. Thank much you. Like, much like the five-timers Huge club deal. in Saturday Night Live, you are now a two-timer on Fly Over Country. You're also going to get a robe, too. Yeah, we just yeah, haven't yeah. gotten that to you yet. Yeah. So. Nice fluffy robe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. I bought it with my Amazon reward points. <laughs> there you go. It's been <laughs> yeah. building up for years. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. this <laughs> moment. Since you came on the first time. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that's what... And it's like... It's got the uh, Batman logo on the back, so you can take it off before you oh, perfect. box. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I know you're joking, but I'm starting to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, maybe I'll actually find one for you. <laughs> starting to like, get my hopes up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, how many times, let's just jump right to it. How many times did you see the Batman? Uh, so far, I've seen it three times. It officially came out Thursday, but I got the early screening tickets for Tuesday. Saw it Thursday and saw it Saturday. Jeez. Wow. And today, Tuesday, for, Thursday, for, we are recording this on Monday. So with in less than a week, you've seen it three times. Yep. Week one down. Wow. <laughs> what are your, what are your future plans for more viewings of this movie? <laughs> what is, what does uh, your wife do whenever like, Hey, Batman's coming out. So let's just like, like I'll I'll be there to to like take care of our kid and stuff, but like other than that, just count on me being out and about on the streets of Gotham. Yeah, she's had since like late 2019 to prepare for this, so she's been. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Wow. It has been. Yep. Um, man. Okay. Tim, I'm super excited. Uh, this was ex- excited that you're here. This was one that we agreed uh, as we created our list of scheduled episodes for this year. We wanted to mix in, you know, our theme, um, places off forgotten by Hollywood, but then also, also covering the big and the bad and the the bad. Gr- the bat yes thank you <laughs> there Leah. you go nice i'm operating at 60 percent uh that's right okay now. I, um, I saw my opportunity and took it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yes and that's good podcasting ladies and gentlemen that is ladies and gentlemen podcasting 101 yeah listen to my ted talk about it yep um <laughs> and so yeah this movie isn't really like flyover country e but um 
let's start at the beginning. Um, sorry, I was distracted. Let's start. Let's talk about like yeah. Let's start at the beginning. Where did we're embracing this the chaos on this start? episode? By it the is. Way. If this episode goes up on YouTube, everyone will understand why I was so distracted for a second. Um, but let's talk about this. This movie is way different than all the other Batman movies yeah. that have that it is, that have preceded it. Um, let's talk just generally about. I think. I think we all kind of know and can dialogue about what was happening with the character of Batman in the last couple of years. Uh, as Tim said, this was announced three years ago, which is insane to think about like that it was announced. And then maybe six or seven months into that Pattinson won the role over Nicholas Holt. Um, but obviously Ben Affleck was Batman. So let's just like talk about, all of that let's we could start back at justice league um the scrapped batman movie that ben affleck was um tapped to direct um tim i want to get your thoughts on that specifically i know that uh, joe mangianello or however you say his name was going to be deathstroke and it was going to be kind of like an arkham type of um batman story but how did you feel about that? How and then how did you feel when that got canceled and Pattinson came on board with Matt Reeves? And are you a fan of like the Apes movies? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Is my thing on? Yeah. We're, yeah, we're you're good. good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love Batman's a character that does really well with multiple interpretations. Um, the Ben Affleck Batman, we just never got to see hit his full stride. He didn't have his own movie, but I like what they were doing they're playing with the frank miller batman from the 80s sort of the older more beat up brawler type batman um so i was really excited about the thought of him getting a solo movie diving into like his past more um the justice league theatrical cut was like i was super sick at that time and that movie just like ruined my soul because it was just so <laughs> bad and i was so tired for it and it just crushed like Batman was so lame, you know, and I was like, all right, I may be ready for somebody else to take this on. Like there's just too many bad memories. And I think that's kind of WB's like sentiment on the whole thing as well. Um, but I mean, I was super excited about the Deathstroke concept and the Arkham concept and to see, you know, more, maybe see freeze more of those characters brought in. Um, that being said, <clears throat> I also kept up with Ben Affleck's personal life through it all. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was going to <laughs> and so I see, I totally see why he, he decided to sort of step away. WB decided to go a different direction. And I was just so excited when Pattinson was cast because I had kept up with his indie work over the past few years. Um, he's just like truly one of the more fascinating actors to be like, he'll do mainstream movies but he'll do very not mainstream movies and be just something unlike anything you've ever seen. So yeah, I could go on on this. I don't want to talk too much. Yeah. Um, I did Olivia or Walter, did y'all see the weed in justice league? Like in theaters when it came out? I have, I don't think I've seen any of yeah. like I, the DC universe movies. I don't, I think I did see it at the movie theater and it was, it was a Whedon. I also it just there was so much stuff that happened to like you know with Zack Snyder and his his daughter losing his daughter like that 
you know, all that stuff was happening. And so I don't really want to talk about uh, Whedon and what he did to the Justice League, not about anything else. Um, but I did, I was really excited about the Snyder cut of Justice League, and I really liked that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, yeah, Batman was kind of lame in, in Whedon's version, I think. Yeah, I think like Affleck, Affleck is always good. Most of the time, Affleck is yeah, good. He's a great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are aspects of B- Batman vs. Superman that are interesting, but overall, that movie doesn't work for me that much. But um, again, I liked him. I liked that it, it was an older take on that character. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's also interesting because we're, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about like Matt Reeves. But it's interesting looking or being able to watch and that the the fans clamored and uh and shook their fists and threatened um to destroy twitter until warner brothers finally allowed uh zach snyder to finish it the snyder mm-hmm. cut yeah. and it is a strange not perfect movie but it is kind of like an entire vision that's unmeddled with yeah. And and in that sense it is very holistic and entertaining and and it works so much better than um than the than the theatrical theatrical cut. And um recently Warner Brothers uh statesman states spokesperson said that they're going to continue to allow these types of movies to happen like based on the success of the Batman. Um so I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that like, it's kind of a miracle that they let another iteration happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Like we're not going to see another Iron Man for a very long time. Right. Like that. That's just yeah. not what is typical in these situations. Yeah. I think the last time we saw something like this in like superhero movies was uh, Andrew Garfield to Tom Holland pipeline. For yeah. Spider-Man. Um, for uh, different reasons, obviously, but, um, yeah, it's just, I feel like you don't see this a ton with superhero movies. Yeah. You kind of saw it with the X-Men movies mm-hmm. where they did like, you know, old, uh, Magneto and Professor X and then you had like a younger version of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it's in the again, same like timeline, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's in so. the same universe or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas this is obviously completely different. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. What's wacky is in the 90s, it did happen because Keaton did Batman, the Batman Returns, mm-hmm. and then Batman Returns really well critically, but not so much with parents because people thought it was evil and all that. <laughs> and so they like got a new director, Keaton wanted out, and they recasted in like, <clears throat> I think like a couple years, they got the new, what's his face? Val Kilmer. I have a signature over there. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's interesting because in the Batman narrative, that was like two yeah. years because yeah, really Returns was ninety two and then Forever was ninety four, so they were like just cranking it out. And yeah, someone made it. I was listening yes. to an interview. Someone made a good comment that like, um, uh, Batman Robin marked the, uh, like, it it did so badly and it was so like mocked that Warner Brothers cracked down very hard on on making sure that this 
this cash cow was protected from a vision standpoint and who they got to direct it. So yeah, that's another. Yeah. And that's, that's a worthy thing. What's, which sucks too, because George Clooney is honestly like a great choice for Batman. It just was all in the writing, you know? Yeah. But he had the bat, the bat credit card or the bat. Was it the bat wallet? I'm going to be honest. I've never seen uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, it was it was a bad credit card, which is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly very sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um let's let's just jump straight to or I guess I don't know, Walter and Olivia, do y'all have any other thoughts on like uh I will say for you, Walter, the Snyder Cut is kinda dumb, but it's really fun. Like it's what? Well, that that's what a comic book movie is supposed to be. Yeah, you know? no, and it, it it works it works a lot more than you think it might. Like okay. it has this like very, <laughs> very like Zack Snyder. I love how much he like he's inspired by the right people, but he's not the best filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you in the kinds he's very well suited to making like very dumb action movies and very like like. I'm inspired by all, by all these great things, but I can't write the characters quite how they're supposed to be mm-hmm. um, and hit all those notes. But visually, it's all very, very fun to watch. Okay. Um, yeah, he, so when he yeah. does almost exact rips of the source material, like 300 was great, and I think that was because the graphic novel of 300. I mean, it's shot for shot almost. Wow. And I really like Watchmen. And Watchmen was he changed a lot of Watchmen, but the bare bones of Watchmen were there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was better than like sucker punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I never saw a sucker punch either. I've, I've never watched it in its entirety, but my brother went through a phase where he loved that movie for whatever reason. And so, <laughs> yeah. So because he, they were girls with it. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a niche following called dudes. Yeah, <laughs> there were a decent amount of like of of actors in it though, like like well known. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, what's her name? Yeah, that's true. Well, Don, Zach Snyder was Darko. Fresh off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jenna Malone. Yeah, Jenna Malone. Yeah. yeah, he was fresh off Three Hundred, which was incredibly successful, and then mm-hmm. uh, Watchmen, while. It was rated R, like people didn't know how to handle an R-rated superhero movie, but it was like considered a good movie, you know. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like, let's get much. Yeah. So yeah. we were like, Whoa. um, yeah. Okay. So and then Reeves, apparently, when Reeves brought this vision to Warner Brothers, um, this idea that he had after it was announced that Affleck was out, um he told Warner brothers, this is my idea. And he like ran through it and gave his pitch. And he said, if you don't want this, just please don't hire me. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I, and he said that in an interview, which I really think is awesome. Uh, because they, they told him, look, you can, this is good. You can do this. It just has to be PG 13. Like it's important to us that it's accessible, like to a certain degree and that, that it's mostly like not kid, but mostly teen friendly. Uh, there, there are elements of this story that are like very disturbing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this, this is like the darkest version of Batman, even though 
they're more like violent things I think that occur in some of the Nolan movies, but, and there are violent things that happen in this one too, but that's neither here nor there. We can get to that, um, right now. So let's just talk about the movie itself. We've done enough setup. So, um, I don't really, I don't really know where to start, but I think that it would be worth Olivia. You saw it twice. Tim, you saw it three times. Mm -hmm. I think you two should lead and just like, Open the fire hydrant. Wait, wait. Like, let's do let's do this first before we do that. Can we do a, just a quick, no explanation, just your rating out of ten of the Batman, starting with Isaac, and we'll just go around the we'll go around the circle here. I get I give it eight, eight, eight out of ten. Okay, Olivia. Uh, I let's do well. Yeah, I'll do eight because I did four out of five stars on Letterbox. So yeah, I'll go eight. Okay. We'll do, we'll do Tim last. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I give it a 9.5. 9.5. Nice. Okay. Nice. nice. Okay, cool. I want to get that out of the way just so everybody knows where where we each individually stand on this movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about it more. I gave the lowest score. Tim gave the highest. And we have Isaac and Olivia kind of in the middle there. So let's let's talk about it. Isaac, I mean, uh, Olivia and Tim, Let's let's hear what y'all think. You go for it. Uh, okay. Uh, so, th- really, genuinely, the only reason I saw it twice is because I had two different groups of friends who were going to see it, and I have a really hard time saying no. And so, I just saw it twice with these two groups of friends. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Like, it... I loved the score. I thought the score was so good, and mm-hmm. I think that scores can really make or break a movie. I thought... Our Pat was incredible. I know a lot of people were, were like, the dude from Twilight, that guy's going to be Batman. Oh, he's so much more than that, But he's though. so yeah. much more. Yeah. yeah, he's so much more than than Edward from, from Twilight. And I say that as someone who freaking loved Twilight. Because, <laughs> I mean, I was talking, one of my clients was like, are you going to go see Batman? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I just, I don't know about our, Robert Pattinson. And I was like, listen. I love Twilight and I love Robert Pattinson, but he is so much more than that. And he goes, you like Twilight? He was shocked that I liked Twilight. And I was like, I was a middle school girl when Twilight came out. So yeah, yeah, I liked Twilight. Um, But yeah, like I thought he was really good as this like brooding emo Bruce Wayne who probably listened, probably went through a My Chemical Romance phase and Zoe Kravitz was was really good. Uh, I freaking love Zoe Kravitz, and and so yeah, I really liked the casting overall, and I thought the fight scenes were cool. I feel like it's been a while since there's been or like a legitimately cool fight scene in a comic book movie, and so it was just yeah, I, don't know, I just I really enjoyed it. This movie's grounded, uh, as as one one podcaster uh, put it, um, the. Van Lathan on uh, the Ringerverse said, some people say this is a grounded approach, but he said that this is bolted to the floor, which I thought was great. Like all the CGI is used to enhance this world as opposed to like creating this like fantastical Mm -hmm. setting, which I think is very effective. Um, He is like pretty ferocious and kind of scary and and part of that is because he's always emerging from the shadows really slowly. <laughs> and then, uh, 
And then it's also raining all the time. Like this is like Blade Runner. It's like Los Seattle. Angeles 2049. Yeah, it is raining constantly. Um, everybody's wet. Everybody's like sweating. Um, wet or sweating. And, or both. Or both. And um, the sun doesn't rise until the end. And I think it's like so cool. Or I mean like there's, some, there's like one. The An- funeral scene is in the daylight. But. Yeah. Another another thought that I that I've seen or another thought I had that is kind of in response to what other people are saying. People are like, "Oh, this is like the most realistic Batman." And I I understand why people are saying that, but it's also goofy. Like in the sense of like the one-liners that are said, the the things that like Jim Gordon kind of says to him. He keeps calling him man, and multiple people called him chief. Could you imagine mm-hmm. saying chief to Batman? <laughs> yeah, you got it, chief. And no then, one no then, one likes him. No one wants him to be at the scene. Like he is yeah, a freak. I love yeah. I love that that was the whole vibe from right. the police yeah. department. Yeah. And then and then whenever Gordon and and Batman have Penguin after the freaking epic car chase, he Penguin, you know, is like you guys know Spanish? You guys don't know Spanish? Come on. This is- oh, and I love that it was Colin Farrell. Like, I was yeah. like, this is Colin Farrell saying yeah. this. That's, that this is Irish dude. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, it's goofy in that sense. It's not goofy, kind of like a Marvel movie. And, and I say that as someone who, because of Marvel movies, I've almost been primed to, like, expect kind of quippy lines mm-hmm. from superheroes. And he doesn't really have one except for the scene where the twins were, the twins, like, oh, you're going to get blood all over your suit. And he goes, yours are mine. And, like, that yeah. was really funny. Yeah, but yeah. it was really scary. But he doesn't really have any quippiness, but other characters do, which I think make it great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's those are my thoughts on it. Tim, what about your thoughts? Tim, lay it on us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for me, it's funny because, I mean, there was Superman as a superhero and then there was Batman and Batman redefined that concept. But if you think about like the dawn of superheroes, starting with just those two, that's like our concept of it, you know, besides like Greek gods. So I don't even think of Batman as like, when a movie's done well, I don't even think of it as a comic book movie. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. comic books are like a watered down version of the originals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's like the pure source. So when it's done well, that's why it's able to transcend comic book movies. Like you don't look at the dark Knight and think that was a comic book movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. you look at like Thor two next to the dark Knight. It's like they're different media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. When, when a, when somebody is really able, like a really good director who like knows film history and everything is able to sort of take the reins on a movie. Uh, it's able to become like what things are supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like it's hard hitting socially too, which is so cool to see. And like the top, like superhero thing, the top like media right now, you know what I mean? Is hitting that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was super cool. I know a lot of people are going to want to compare it to The Dark Knight, but <clears throat> besides like Batman being in it, you really can't. It's yeah. a totally different narrative style. Um, it is. It's like everyone said Nolan was like grounded and gritty, but that's because they were coming off of George Clooney, you know. Mm-hmm. But this is like this is truly like the concept of yeah, what something like this would look like 
within the world it's created. You know what I mean? So he mentioned one of his main influences being Chinatown, which is, I think we're in the fifties. No, fifties. I think really it was sixties. Yeah. 50s. <clears throat> and you, they, he's playing like, you mentioned the chief. I specifically thought about that too. And a lot of Zoe Kravitz lines, um, they're very like sixties detective mm-hmm. movie lines. You know what I mean? He has all these little like references thrown in there like that, which are so cool. Yeah. But then, Within that, he's also referencing, I mean, the best comics that are not even, you consider them graphic novels, you know, mm-hmm. like so many nods, like the best comics. All I have to say, yeah, I was all in. I think um, I really like his style of filmmaking, especially for a movie like this, which is a really methodical, you know, he takes the time to just let a scene roll out, which you never see. Um, that being said, I do think some of that could have been trimmed down a little bit. I don't know that it necessarily had to be as long as it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it lost people more than anything was losing steam thinking you're at the end when you weren't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I thought it was a, such a great blend of like true movie making magic, you know, not CGI. You see a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. which he didn't have to do. You don't have to do that. You know, yeah, not when you have that kind of budget, but I just read today, the hallway scene was all practical. I just with saw all the that too. Art. Yeah. So freaking hard to do because that means they'd have to memorize those stunts and crank the light. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. Yeah, do it in the, they do it. a lot of it in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. They're choosing to do that when they don't have to because they're trying to make a real thing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Shang-Chi, yeah. I loved like the fighting in that, <clears throat> but it was so, you know, I mean, it was a Marvel movie. It was so like mm-hmm. CGI ridden, but this, like you're saying, the fighting just feels like real because they're really in some way doing it, you know? They had to design that suit so he could move well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The yeah. Matt Reeves said taxi. This is he just like listed all of his uh, inspirations: Taxi Driver, The French Connection, The Graduate, Shampoo, Chinatown, The King of Comedy, The Godfather, One and Two, The Four Hundred Blows, Contempt, The Hand from Eros, Twenty Forty Six, Last Picture Show. Like, like so pure. And he had said that like. Uh, French Connection was one was one of the movies that made him want to be a director. Period. Um, and I watched that last year for the first time, and it's very good. And it's man, just he, th- like this is you're right. Like this is this is a crime movie, and he yeah. like he he brought it to Warner Brothers. Like I want this to be a gangster movie, and it opens like it opens with obviously Zodiac like Finch, like he's referencing Fincher and, uh, in, in seven with, I, I could not believe when this movie starts spoiler, like, like this is a major spoiler in the sense of like, if you haven't seen this movie, you cannot be prepared for how this movie starts. Like it starts, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ave Maria yeah. starts playing the Batman shows up in red letters disappears and then you cut to the riddler looking into the mayor's apartment breathing like he's mike myers mm-hmm. in halloween and you're Ooh, like yeah we're gonna talk about that and this goes on the the, the that was like two or three minutes right it was you were, a watching, long you were watching everything from his perspective and mm-hmm. you're like i'm scared yeah you're like this is this is and I could not believe that it's that a Batman movie started that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the yeah. way, real quick, cutting in, Chinatown came out in 1974. Boom. 
producer oh, I job done. Off. I said it was 60. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that yeah. scene is is scary. And then oh, and then yeah. you know, you see the the mayor on the phone and he's talking as he's watching kind of the like the uh news and he's trying to figure out like where he stands in the polls and all that and he's mad and then he turns and walks away and then you just and, and you almost don't see it you almost don't see the riddler i and, went oh yeah and a lot of people did a lot of people were like like gasped because they they saw yeah. him and they it finally like clicked he was standing there in the shadows and and you knew immediately even even if at first you didn't pick up like something bad is going to happen you knew at that moment oh this is going to be really yeah. bad yeah there um i remember <laughs> I, I saw the movie just like with my wife and Isaac had already seen it. Um, and so there were, there was, we'll get this in a second. There's one time in the movie where I texted Isaac in the movie theater and I was like, dude, this one scene right here. And it was, okay. So I'm getting ahead of myself. So the first, yeah, that first scene we're talking about very horror esque, right? Mm-hmm. Like, old, like old school kind of slasher thing. And I didn't piece it together until later in the movie that it was, most likely an homage to Halloween. I mean, Isaac, you made the reference to, uh, you know, Mike looks like Mike Myers, like the heavy breathing. Um, and then also like him in the house, but like nobody knows he's in the house. Um, and then the pretty brutal murder, um, of somebody that you see on screen, um, very Halloween esque. And I'll, and we, maybe we'll talk about this scene later, but I want to mention it. Uh, when Coulson gets in his car uh, later in the movie mm. from from that underground club, and he, he he gets in the car and he sees that the windshield's fogged up, that's when I I, I, went, oh. I texted Isaac immediately and I was like, dude, like Halloween homage, like cause that, I think that was the first kill in Halloween, wasn't it? Right, at least the first one we see on screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. was was Mike Myers in the back of of that girl's car in the garage. Um, and her wiping away the the yeah. the fogged windshield. So um, yeah, just such a cool homage um, that I didn't piece together until then, which makes me probably sound like kind of a stupid person for not realizing it. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I just I, I needed to make sure I'd said that in this episode because I really love that. So anyway, I I yeah. couldn't. Bl- it, did did any of you guys feel like it was? Not, okay, not. I want to talk about the stinger, like at at or the the cameo at length later. But overall plot structure wise, I felt like the middle sagged the most. Mm. It had an extremely strong like t- first twenty five thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and then a really strong t- final twenty five minutes, and a lot of like the organization and and editing and like pacing and him like going back and all the crime stuff kind of comes out of nowhere and i the middle made it feel like i was like getting a little bit not bored but just like kind of frustrated that it wasn't gelling as Mm. as well as it started out and then it ends like so well like the last scene the last fight scene again disturbing but also inspirational because that's where Batman realizes like I don't have to just beat the crap out of people I can be hope and he lights the flare mm-hmm. and he's like helping people out of the um yeah out, out of the out flooded of, area yeah I I don't know did y'all did y'all feel that way or did y'all like 
like the okay. ending less than me. Uh, I I half agree with you that the pacing was not ideal, and this is the main reason that I gave it a seven out of ten and not higher, was because I I, I half agree with you in the sense that the pacing was off, but I I think that it was the third act where it really started to fall apart for me. Like I I thought it slowed down a good bit. Um, even though like you had a lot of action, it still felt weirdly slow. And there were a lot of, and this is throughout the movie, there were a, a few uh, scenes where it was just dialogue and dialogue and dialogue and dialogue, um, which the performances from the actors were great. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, a horrible sin, but um, yeah, especially that, that last part. No, great cinematography with that flare scene um, and great cinematography of like showing the flooding at the end and all that. But um, the third act was, was, the weakest part of the movie to me and in my opinion what about uh, olivia and tim what do y'all think um i i f- i felt i what i would guess is probably like the two hour mark so about two-thirds of the way into the movie i was i was i felt like it, it dragged a little bit um i felt like the pacing like up until then the pacing was really good i think where it really kind of felt like it was starting to drag was after the bomb went off and um in like wayne manor and mm-hmm. it was alfred who who opened the package oh it, yeah after yeah. that it felt like okay things are it feels like yeah it feels like things are about to end but then it it didn't uh yeah. because well, it kept yeah, going you, and going you kind of think that alfred's gonna die you think he's gonna die mm-hmm. although you do get that really sweet moment <laughs> with alfred and bruce in the the hospital which was mm-hmm. really it was really sweet after bruce had been kind of a butthole and was like you're not my dad i love that <laughs> bruce waits waits until he wakes up and then annie's circus sees him and he smiles and he goes you lied to me he i know say, i'm like bro say, just okay? woke up yeah like like alfred just had a bomb blow up in his face <laughs> and then you're gonna that's where you're gonna start dude go yeah. to go to therapy i know <laughs> we wouldn't time. have batman if you went to therapy bruce but bro <laughs> come on this dude has raised you he just did a, all he just could just a little therapy as a just treat a, just a little therapy as a treat <laughs> um yeah, yeah so that's that's my thoughts on it tim you're the actual like filmmaker so tell us your like and your the perspective. batman expert and the batman expert yeah. Yeah, so yeah. i really i'm most interested in hearing your thoughts I mean, I think you're definitely right in that the movie's super tight and super gripping and you're super into it. That car chase scene is so like dynamic and mm-hmm. it feels like a climax in and of itself. Um, I think the movie's biggest problem was just that it had too many climaxes mm-hmm. for lack of yeah, better words. Yeah. Um, but I think from that point after that explosion, you're, you are, you're like so emotionally invested. It's like, what's going to happen with Alfred? Then Alfred's okay. And you're like, all right, He's going to go do his last fight. And the next scene is like more exposition from Catwoman. Yeah. And then you're like, he's got to save Catwoman. You're like, all right, time for the last fight. And then this last <laughs> yeah. fight happens. You're like, oh, that was awesome. And then, and then Falcone gets shot and you're like, oh. And then you see Riddler up there and you're like, time for the next fight, the last fight. <laughs> yeah. 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 My brother said it well and I had it too. Your heart kind of sinks once you see the diner scene. You see that shot that's in the opening shot, the trailer. Yeah. Because you're like, Oh snap! How long is this movie? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, I don't. I think 
that's why it helped me a lot seeing it the other times, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. But once I was ready and primed for that type of pacing, it really did make sense in the overall yeah. narrative. I think it's that for well, I mean, you saw it twice as well as Olivia, but it's that same like uh, losing what I'm talking about. No, <laughs> yeah, I, it's yeah. What it is is feeling like you're not knowing what's coming next and you use your past of movies to kind of guide you the dark knight not compared to the dark knights i'm not trying to do that but the dark knight does something very similar but somehow got away with it with the uh big joker chase scene um but then it opened up an entirely new act with two-face and everything but Um, and i would argue that it works so well in the dark knight because i mean first time rewatchability because rachel gets killed like I know, yeah. I know I can picture exactly like how I felt when he runs into the warehouse and you, mm. and you see that it's uh Harvey instead of Rachel and you're just like, she's going to die. There's no, and yeah. like Nolan lets you sit in the, in the, the dread of like, he, he didn't save her. Like he, yeah, he went and, and Joker like, uh, led him to the wrong place on purpose because he probably knew that he was Bruce Wayne and like all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that it, and, and it's such a minor thing because overall this movie is scripted. It's like one of the best scripts. And even at the end, I feel like it coalesces into something that works so well as a whole because you have, you really only like this is about Batman. This isn't really about Bruce Wayne. Um, it is, it is, but it's about how Batman is like trying to keep crime, trying to instill fear. And then at the end of the movie, he is like part of the community and like part of its sense of hope for the future. Mm -hmm. And even, and I think that it's, it's kind of like solidified whenever he, um, is beating the QAnon Riddler guy and the police, uh, Gordon or whoever was like, who are you? Like, what's your name? And he's like, I'm vengeance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you realize like, oh shoot. He was like operating on this like kind of Riddler-esque type of violent vigilantism that's based on ideals and not based on like compassion and goodwill for yeah. your fellow man. Um, it works so much better than like, and it delivers so much of the things that like Dark Knight Rises promised it would. But like yeah. Dark Knight Rises just has so many problems, um, and is I I think a less successful story overall compared to this one. I agree. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises needed like four more drafts of the script. Whereas yes. <laughs> this one, I think the script is on point. I think it's. I think these problems, and I don't even know that I want to call them problems because after seeing it again, I get it. Like I fully get what he's doing. You know what I mean? But I think these situa- these feelings we're feeling have to do more with the editing choices and, and, right. and making it feel like you're watching the climax now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The music choices, all, every little bit felt like, oh, this is it. You know what I mean? And then you, yeah. you have like ending fatigue. But then the ending, like you said, Isaac, is so strong that you like forget how many endings you saw, and you're like, "Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, the last." Yeah, 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 but, yeah. yeah, but yeah. also, isn't that just kind of like I feel like after seeing it the second time, I feel like that's almost more 
like that's how the Riddler is as a character, right? Like, like you think you know where you're getting at, you think you know what's going to happen, and then he he pulls a fast one on you because he's the Riddler, right? And I I realize like on as far as like live action versions of the Riddler, no one's wanted to touch the character since Jim Carrey because like that's so like flamboyant and goofy. Yeah, but like. He's actually a really fascinating character. And I don't know if any of you guys watch Gotham, but I really liked the take they had of Riddler in Gotham, the TV show. And, and this, like I, like, I wonder if that was part of the decision making for kind of that third act of, okay, here's the end. Uh, this isn't the end. Okay, let's go. And it's just like, maybe that's just kind of how the Riddler is too. Of Like, you think you know what you're getting at for the next step. And then he's actually like three steps ahead of you. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. And and also yeah. and also to your point Olivia, it is pr- it is pretty brilliant. I don't think you can compare any Batman villain to Heath Ledger. Uh sure. performance-wise, but I mean Dano was Dano was going for it. I'll I'll give him that <laughs> um and and I I I like I love Dano. I I think he's awesome. Um and I think that he captures this sort of like sad orphan like abandoned by society guy mm-hmm. that is genuinely messed up um mm-hmm. he got he gets that but what i'm more impressed with is the fact that reeves wrote and tim you've read so many stories so i want you to speak to this reeves so wonderfully wrote this sort of like you and i were on the same team mm-hmm. and, and like that is used in a lot of movies but what isn't scene is that like he genuinely had this conviction that like him and batman were had the same ideology the whole time Mm -hmm. that he Mm -hmm. was the brains he was leading him to unveil this corruption in the city that needed to be dealt with and it's it's just a powerful thing and then when pattinson's like no like you are crazy you're staying in here i don't i'm nothing like you and he kind of has that meltdown I was kind of distracted because he's just like, um, (laughs) but, but it's, it is, it's just really good. Like that's never been done before. Like you and I were on the same team. We like, look at what, look at everything we accomplished together. And it's like legit. They, I mean like he, he killed people. That's bad. Like, don't get me wrong. Batman wouldn't have killed people, but they've dealt with a lot of corruption in the last couple of days. Like, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he wrote that is really unique and impressive to me. Um, Tim, does that like speak to any specific like comic or graphic novel storylines or kind of like <laughs> ring true for you? Um, I mean, the best comics do begin to play with that. Um, the best one and most specific one being uh, Batman White Knight, where it's a similar thing with the Joker in terms of breaking down the character with regards to his like effects on society, truly, you know. Um, they don't really have Batman Joker, te- Batman Riddler team ups. The one essential, it was really geniusly written, him having Riddler be the sort of uh, like thing that starts that. Because the Joker's whole purpose of the Joker is that he's so unchangeable. You know what I mean? But the Riddler and Joker are very similar. And he can't... It was just really smart because 
a reoccurring thing with the Riddler is he's this genius, he's a mastermind, but he's also kind of a fool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they play through that character arc exactly with this, you know. And in doing that, uh, they he wouldn't want to throw away things like that on the Joker because the Joker is like unstoppable. You know what I mean? In his ideals. Um. So yeah, it's just a really cool idea using the Riddler first off to do to play with those kind of Joker feels to get you like really nervous about what's going to happen and really be really scary, but then be like beatable because he's Batman's first like opponent here. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, the whole point of the Riddler for this whole movie was to wake Batman up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's like mm-hmm. his purpose in this entire narrative. And then Joker's purpose is to break him down. You know what I mean? For yeah. like the rest of his life. But what I'm saying is you don't want to throw away the birth, the wake up call on the Joker. Um, but yeah, no, he played it perfectly. He played it so well, like somebody who is sort of like a savant, but like definitely also a QAnon dude, you know? He's like crying once he realized, you know, what he had done and everything. Also, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Whenever they were looking at the computer and you could see the comments from the other like, f- like followers, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of them said, hold the line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... There was something else that felt very QAnon-esque, and I was just like, oh, that's that's terrifying and gross, yeah. but also brilliant. Just it looking like a bunch of like middle-aged white dudes was a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so. I, something something curious, I, w- or actually something I wanted to ask. The Do you remember when they're at the funeral, and Bruce Wayne is staying next to that one dude who's behind the barricades? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Tim, so was that guy the 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 sniper at the end? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah, I noticed that specifically the second time. I was like, oh snap, because you know they're making enough of a moment him taking that mask off that you know it's somebody you've seen in the movie, but you're not sure who. Um. But yeah, that was the same guy. Same guy. Um, how did y'all feel? Because I. I've seen on Twitter that the opening scene with the with the Asian man being accosted by the um, by the Skull Gang mm-hmm. um, is like pretty pretty uh, you know upfront about about things that have happened in the in mm-hmm. our country in the last year or two, mm-hmm. um, and then the sh- the shootout scene at the end. I mean, do y'all think it's do y'all think it's too far? Do you think it's good storytelling? Um, it worked for me. I think it would have been too indulgent, especially in that opening scene, if that man had been beaten <laughs> to a pulp yeah. or even like received one punch. I don't think he ever. I think maybe he's punched once or uh, shoved down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the po- the whole point of that scene is that man is also afraid of Batman just mm-hmm. like the other uh yeah. the other guys but there's enough in this movie that uh it speaks to the speaks to the times if you want to take it that way or it's just like a crime movie i mean ben shapiro think? did he took it that way uh yes. he like t- he went on a twitter <laughs> rant and apparently one of my friends texted me and was like hey if you want to be furious for the next few minutes watch J- uh ben shapiro's uh review video over over the batman and 
I chose not to, but apparently he talked in it about how this is basically propaganda for defunding the police. <laughs> I've Which, heard people say that this is copaganda. See, so I that's think it's what I was thinking. I was like, I think, ways. I think if anything, it's like it's saying not all cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even one scene where Robert Pattinson literally says the words, "You're a good cop." Yeah, it, like it's yeah, like it. I think like <laughs> I won't get too political, but very often in these. Uh, very political topics in these debates you'll have one side who's like it's this way and that's why it's bad and then you'll have the other side who's like um uh no actually it's this way but it's still bad but for other but for other reasons you know so it's like <laughs> there's like who's right who's wrong are both people right people wrong you know i don't know um who okay not getting political. Sorry, I'm gonna stop myself right there because <laughs> I will get political really fast. Yeah, I was uh, I was like Walter, not get political. Uh, <laughs> uh, but going back to the like the Asian man at the beginning, I I've seen where a lot of people have talked about that of uh, especially I mean especially within the Asian community. I mean Eric brought it up to us, and so I don't I. I don't know if it was supposed to be a commentary on like how how the American citizens have treated Asian American citizen like how how non Asian American citizens have treated Asian American citizens over the past couple of years because of the coronavirus, which is just flat out racist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like that was supposed to be a commentary on that or if that what the purpose of choosing that specific Asian man or if like that dude was just trying to be an actor and he he just got the role yeah i don't know yeah, Most, yeah no, mostly I, my thoughts are i don't know yeah i, I mean it seems um like <laughs> i joked about me not getting political but this movie it's it's very political yeah um, and so yeah I, w- I wouldn't put it past them at all to to kind of use that scene to make a commentary on asian violence or something like that um, I mean, you have you have lots of other things like, especially uh, uh, Catwoman has a mm-hmm. lot of, um, not a lot, I guess, but some of the most prominent, I guess, like political lines, like you know, like uh, of course one of the overarching themes was um, uh, wealth inequality and how that affects how the public views mm-hmm. you and and all that. And then she has one; it almost seems like a throwaway line because she says it so quickly. But when she's uh, kind of yelling at Bruce about something and and uh, uh, uses the i think it's the phrase uh, white privileged assholes um and so like yeah they, they got political for sure um and i guess depending it depending on what side of the aisle you're on depends on if you like it like the the politics or not i guess mm-hmm. it ben it shapiro even... would say that uh no <laughs> asshole could possibly be completely white yeah <laughs> or privileged yeah yeah it it didn't even register with me that she said that i didn't like i didn't pick up on that until i saw people talking about it on twitter and then the second mm-hmm. time i saw it i was like oh that's when she says it yeah yeah also yeah, it, was, she, it was so quick yeah also, and she, well she she even says like I, whoever you are you are you grew up got rich to be, you grew up mm-hmm. rich yeah, yeah. And so and i was like okay that's cool yeah which yeah. is very white knight um yes tim you you gave me that comic i finished it recently and um 
I would be, I would love if they played with a bunch of those, the themes in that book where, um, Batman is kind of turned into the villain. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I don't know how it would work following this story, but I could see that sort of tone working well in the sequel. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think with regards to showing the, like showing the social issues, I mean, I go so far as to say like it's their responsibility to show those things mm-hmm. because otherwise, and I don't think social issues like that are propaganda towards the right or the left, but it's like people are dying. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is taking things from American history, real life things and putting them in the one singular narrative that both the right and the left are really obsessed with, which is like superheroes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's important it's important for filmmakers to do that especially like like i'm saying especially in things like this and i was really disappointed in the sequel trilogy of star wars Mm -hmm. not just for more obvious reasons but also because they felt like they were promising that you know what i mean and sort of making the two main leads at the start a black man and a woman they're like the leaders of the new star wars you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but then they fell flat and what they could have really done with that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it's people always say things are propaganda. You know, if you want to make enemies, try to change something, but yeah, I mean, the watchman dared to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cool. I, I said this to somebody, I don't know, but it's cool to see a level of social commentary that was pretty much in terms of superhero only reserved for the watchman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're seeing that on literally the biggest character, like mm-hmm. in yeah. the US, you know? Yeah. Well, and you can't make a comic book movie without talking about some sort of issue like that. Like, yeah. like it's so funny to me when people are like, why did these comic book characters get political? And it's like, they've literally always they been always political. Been. Yeah. Like, they just always, there's always been people, and people have always been upset with comic book movies. I mean, people or comic book just comic books um yeah. y- y- you can look at the history of how comic books have have been banned how people have been upset with different characters i mean wonder woman was a big issue for a lot of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah you're gonna have some some political commentary that's part of a comic book movie yeah uh so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know i don't know why people are always so upset when that happens yeah, it's. I, f- I feel like almost every time when some when people complain about um, a form of media, fictional media being too quote political, uh, what they're really saying is, oh, it's less white than I expected it to be. Yes. you know what I mean. Or yeah. it's less it's less uh, straight than I thought it was going to be. And so, like, um, I think just uh, at least Western media. I can't speak for. I, I'm not as well versed in, in non Western media, but. Um, for such a long time was very straight white male Mm -hmm. Um, and then whenever it strays from that and and explores other themes with other types of people uh, people don't like that because oh my gosh it's not about me anymore and I'm saying this as straight as I I recognize my privilege in saying this you know like I'm a straight white man Um, but but yeah no people just get upset and they they use they throw out the term political with a negative connotation oh why they have to get political well, 
I mean, that's kind of the point of, of media uh, almost is to make mm-hmm. social commentaries and um, especially huge blockbuster things like this. Like how, how boring would it be if Batman came out and it was just Batman kicking ass for three hours? Now, some people might like that, but like <laughs> we probably wouldn't even talk about it on this podcast because like we like to dig into the deeper themes and the sure. and stuff. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Tim, what do you, I want to hear your thoughts about this is you're way, way more well-versed in the character of, of Batman than I am. So I, w- I want to know what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, you mean Batman being a source of social commentary? Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I was saying, that's super important. And honestly, I mean, like, where was that in Endgame? You know? Yeah. Like, honestly. <laughs> Endgame is really good storytelling, and it's like the accumulation of so many films coming together. But like, they just didn't. So many hands touched that, you know. Yeah. So many not white, not straight hands touched mm-hmm. those movies, and their voices weren't seen at all in any of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like, and I mean, they might go farther in other Batman movies. I feel like they could have gone farther. There's so much to play with with the mm-hmm. not play. <laughs> <laughs> so much to like so much to use in the batman narrative yeah you know what i mean yeah those things more so than a lot of because he is he's like literally the poster child of like white privilege because if it was somebody else an underprivileged community who witnessed their parents get killed in front of them they're probably going to be the villain by the end of it just like riddler you know what i mean mm-hmm. versus privilege kept him safe to like be in pain and then travel the world and study and train you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So the best like stories, that is something he has to like fight against as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is that part of himself. And that's, that was so good in the movie where I, I'm assuming we're doing spoilers because we spoil a lot of stuff. We're doing spoilers. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> where the Riddler's comparing his life to Bruce's life and Batman's face. Cause he thinks he know he thinks he's intentionally talking to him. He doesn't even Riddler doesn't even know. At least that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. That, Riddler hadn't figured it out. <clears throat> there is a comic where a whole string of comics where Riddler knows he's Batman, but he doesn't say because it's the best riddle of all time, which it's like, is it? But, um, <laughs> but I love that scene because Batman can't even look at him. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. And part of that's because he never, as Bruce, he never makes eye contact with anybody but Alfred. And in yeah, that moment, he's not Batman. Or Bruce, yeah. You know, so he's hiding his face as he's, comparing these two things and realizing if you don't use that privilege to make the world better, you're inspiring things like the Riddler. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's using all of his years of training privilege to just like smash that dude at the start of the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Really, you know, whereas, and that's what, you know, a little focused violence, but that's where, you know, his character arc at the end, he realizes he has to be more, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I just adrenaline shot thing. That was so cool. Yeah. I do yeah. love that scene where he's interrogating Riddler and he realizes Riddler doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne and you just see his eyes flash to him and it's like, oh man, he's about to lose it. And it was yeah. awesome. But yeah, his power again. Yeah. Tim, what you were talking about of like if he had been some underprivileged kid who watched his kid or watched his parents get killed, it made me think of uh, Black Panther and Killmonger, and how like it that was that's what happened. He was an underprivileged yeah. kid in Oakland, yeah. and he ends up being the villain. And here's the deal: I don't I don't know if this is a hot take. 
Killmonger wasn't necessarily wrong. Like, no, like what uh, he Killmonger wanted to do. Was right. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in his methods necessarily, but like, yeah. Yeah. His ideology was, yeah. 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 Killmonger th- killed a lot of people. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he earned that name. <laughs> yeah. He did. Um, yeah. But I think that that's true is like, like, that's typically how it's written, right? Like, if if it's some underprivileged person, then they end up being the villain because they don't have the the privilege to to do the right thing. They kind of have to to do the quote unquote wrong thing to get by. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of that's what Selena Kyle has always done. If you look at Poison Ivy, you know, like that's what these other villains kind of had have had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, which is another—that's a whole nother. Co- like we could argue that it's a whole nother political commentary of how, if you don't have the resources, you can't quote unquote be the good guy. Well, yeah. and that's uh, and that's what Catwoman was saying when she yeah. told Bruce, like, "I am owed this money," and then he's like, "Are you?" And she's like, "Yeah," because he like didn't raise me like he yeah. was supposed to. He like he didn't give me a dime, so I I literally. Yeah, am owed all of this mm-hmm. yeah of course batman Scarcity. who has all the money in the world says you sold yourself out for money like he doesn't yeah. understand why you would need money yeah you know, that's yeah. not something that embraced his conscious and at the start he says like i don't care about that i don't care about any of that you know when they're talking about keeping this multi-billion dollar business up you know what i mean mm-hmm. where it's he could be doing a lot of good with that money you know what i mean right but he's mm-hmm. throwing all that potential away to like beat people up yeah you know? which which the fully formed batman is more complex in those ways and that's what's cool about seeing a raw batman he's not there yet yeah 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 and, th- and they, they he gets called out for it like halfway through the movie when uh mayor elect bella reals like straight up was like hey your parents like were philanthropic and you're mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. you have all this money and you're, and you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna convince you to change that. You yeah, know? she straight up says you could do so much more for this city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, yeah, there's a level of irony of her saying that because she, obviously she doesn't know he's Batman and what he he as Batman is doing for the city. Yeah, but also he as Bruce Wayne could be doing so much more. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. I think that you're right tim there's he because we're seeing almost it's like almost like a baby batman like he's he's still trying yeah. to fill his way around as batman and try to figure out like how do i how do i do this and he wants to be batman he doesn't want to be bruce wayne he wants to be batman but in the you know in the comics you see him kind of balance the two identities more mm-hmm. uh, and, and so i'm interested to see where you know uh, are we eventually going to get our pat as a as a playboy bruce wayne <sighs> which sure in the next one do what do something i'm sure that i'm uh, supposedly in an interview pattinson and matt reeves like work together on a whole three-act structure of batman if they had a trilogy so mm. a three-act structure within his character evolving mm. which would be cool to see what that means yeah, yeah i mean i'd really like to see robert pattinson like not play a different Batman, but like a more evolved version of Batman after. I mean, because I did like the way the final ending of this movie, I did like, I agree with all that. I thought it was very good. And I think the evolution that we could see with, with his version could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's cool. He draws, obviously, from a lot of different uh, source materials on the Batman character, but with this specific one, there's so many cool ones. One of them he mentioned was Ego, and I noticed that right off the bat on the trailer because he, yeah, the, in Ego, he thinks the bat suit's like coming for him. You know what I mean? So Bruce is like Bruce, but he's afraid, and every time the bat suit gets to him, it like possesses him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're playing with that concept in this because, like I was saying earlier, when he's not in the suit, he like will not look at you. you know, he's mm-hmm. like a that little boy. And when he puts that suit on, the suit represents the armor he's built for himself his whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. To protect himself from his pain and then to like inflict that pain. So yeah, the the arc of the movie is finding how to make that suit a symbol of hope. But I started saying that to say something else. I don't remember what it was. That was a good thought. Anyway, just yeah, just not like just that, by though. itself. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a book called The Psychology of Batman that I've read, and it was actually written by an author who's from, who, who is a professor at Henderson State, which is in Arkadelphia, and it's really, it's really interesting to think about Batman through a psychological perspective of he's truly, at the end of the day, just a scared little boy, and yeah. he, he puts on this suit, and he feels, he feels strong, he feels protective, he feels like he can do anything and he will and try try to do anything which at the I, th- I think that's in the in this book that's what the author is getting at is that's why batman is so relatable because at the end of the day we're all kind of just scared little kids of whatever it was from our childhood and we want we want to feel that way too like we yeah. want to feel strong and brave and powerful and like we can protect not only ourselves but the other people that we that we love and we want to do in an ideal world we all want to do the right thing uh and so that's that's why it it doesn't matter that we're getting another batman movie yeah 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 he's also yeah do what you know say the different Batman's one. Batman's a character that really benefits from reinterpretations. You know sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of the other Batman, except for like Batman Begins, Christian Bale, began to capture like what that meant. You know, mm-hmm. from after Batman, after Batman Begins, Batman's just a little bit too suave. You know, and then like Ben Affleck, Batman's just angry, but it's not catching that complexity. And you know, not that I know what it's like to go through something traumatizing and wear a bat suit too much. But that is like it's a very real thing that they're playing with in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, you have to yeah put something on. Yeah. To be strong enough. Yeah. Agreed. Y'all want to do the lightning round? We can do wrap up this episode. Yeah, we have we have a planned lightning round. I want to hit it. I looks like I gotta go to sleep. I gotta go to sleep. Uh. <laughs> Well, no, I feel like we've we've covered so much good stuff and had, you know, discussed like every aspect of the movie. Um, we'll we'll do the lightning round, and then I want to see where the Batman falls in everyone's like current Batman Batman movie yeah. rankings. Yeah, yeah. Um, because and then and then that'll be a that'll be a fun way to kind of like clinch this episode um but we'll do this in order of our guest goes first so we'll go tim and then olivia and then me and then walter first 
category. Best Batman performance, Tim. I mean, yeah. If we're talking about the actors, which of course we are because comic books don't perform, it's definitely Pattinson in terms of the performance of Batman. Nice. Olivia. I agree. Our Pat, all the way, forever and always. We're all on the Pattinson train. There's something pretty incredible about how physical he is in his suit. Um, he's not as jacked as Ben Affleck was when he uh, prepared for the role um, in the Snyder movies, but I don't I don't know what it is about him. But he he looks really good in the suit. It's the jawline. It's the jawline, and I think <laughs> the it's jawline. The, I think yeah. it's the eyes too. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think I really noticed maybe I don't know if this is what happens in the other movies, but like he paints his eyes almost kind of like Regina King does in Watchmen. She yeah. paints his paints his eyes like she does and so you just see the whites of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of almost well, scary. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing like hmm. It's a real thing if you were to wear a Batman mask is you have to paint your eyes. And the thing is, the other movies have him with the eye black on, but he takes that mask off and there's no eye black. They're yeah, literally magically gone, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but this is like capitalizing on a very real just aspect of costuming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so like underneath that cowl, he's like, he's not just this monster, you know, underneath the cowl, he's like somebody with these, that's, what's the word? Marked. He's like mm-hmm. marked by pain. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thematic and awesome. Like he takes it so off, but he going. hasn't taken it off. Um, and I love, and I love yeah, that. How, he takes it off, but he can't. Yeah. yeah. How iconic he looked in that first trailer. I just knew that it was going to be, this performance was going to be special because it was like, he looked like Kurt Cobain. And I thought that was <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. They let his hair be crazy, especially yeah. in that scene. It's like so crazy, which it's like, again, the Ben Affleck scene, he takes the cowl off and his hair is perfect, which is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's cool to see. I don't know, so cool to see. We'll take it from from you, Tim, that you can't take the cowl off and have good hair. Tim, the Batman <laughs> expert. Yeah, look it up. I've I've read plenty of comics. Yeah. <laughs> second, uh, second side of that coin, best Bruce Wayne performance, Tim. I mean, <clears throat> this is kind of up for however you want to go with it. But again, I would say Robert Pattinson because I think it's so complex having him unable to even really function. You know what I mean? Um, the other Batman movies are kind of different stages of Batman. So they work well for what stage he might be in there. But I think for where this fits in, it's just gotta be Robert. It's gotta be Rob. Yeah. Yep. He and Olivia, you made a great point earlier. Like he doesn't want, he wants to be Batman and mm-hmm. he feels comfortable with that rage when he has the suit on. And he like at the funeral, he like just stares at Carmine Falcone and like walks straight toward him. And like mm-hmm. he he does he does not like have any um, any stealth or like like suave. He's just like, nope, I'm still in this mode of like yeah. wanting to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and not any pretense of like being a billionaire playboy, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. So I'm going to say Will Arnett, his performance as Bruce Wayne in the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Very good. That's so true. Yeah. That was such a 
he he has one of my all-time favorite lines whenever he is talking to to robin in at the the orphanage ball or whatever and robin's like my name is richard tracy or yeah richard tracy and no richard grayson and uh the kids at the orphanage call me dick and he goes yeah well children can be cruel it's just just so funny and i free i just i think it's great so that's that's what i'm going with the other week i laughed like pretty much until i threw up just like casually watching that movie where he's (laughs) i had forgotten just i'd forgotten the movie and they have this whole thing because alfred falls and then you think Alfred's dead and he swoops down and saves Alfred and it's this whole dramatic part. And he thinks something dumb saved Alfred, but it was Batgirl. And he's like, you mean without Barbara, Alfred would be street meat. <laughs> 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 that just like ruined me. Cause it's such an emotional moment. And he uses the street, street meat. To refer to Alfred, you know, just like, ah, I like lost years of my life laughing. At that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that movie rules. It's really funny. Um, Walter and I both have bail um, for our best Bruce Wayne. He's a little bit Patrick Bateman. He uh, now that's a, that's a superhero. I'd watch Bateman. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. Walter, do you have any thoughts about that? I, he's yeah. very suave. He, he they, yeah. they do capture the sort of like, no, I couldn't be Batman. I'm drunk and I am with a different woman every week. Yeah, clearly yeah. I'm not Batman. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. what I like about his performance. Yeah, I think me too. Um, I mean, I think Robert Pattinson was a great Bruce Wayne in his own right, um, but it's a very different Bruce Wayne than I guess what you would say the stereotypical or the like the culturally understood version of Bruce Wayne is, which is the suave, uh, womanizing kind of. Uh, you know, rich guy. And I feel like Christian Bale kind of really nailed that part. So when I think about Christian Bale's Batman, I think about, uh, in Batman begins where he's on the elevator after he had been, he had acted like he was drunk at the party and he's been this, this suave a hole, the whole movie, but there he's on the elevator and he's like, he's looking at the fire and golf his house. And he says, what have I done, Alfred? Like everything my parents built, it's gone. Like, what have I done? That, that's just so good that's the writing but that's mm-hmm. he played that so well and yeah. saying mm-hmm. like i've just made a mistake in doing this i was trying to do something well and i've just ruined it you know what i mean it was yeah. such a good such a good moment yeah no, no. what have i done Alfred? Um, nailed it this is a quick one best batman movie Tim. oh i go first yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry these aren't i don't really have like these quick answers right now <laughs> that's um, all right also, I'm not very good at studying for tests. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, it's not best a test, so that's good. That's true. Best Batman movie again. The wording of that sentence is important because I know people are going to compare this to The Dark Knight, but like between the two, you just can't say The Dark Knight's a better Batman movie because this is truly. When you walk away from The Dark Knight, you're thinking about the like wow factor and the pacing and Heath Ledger, but you're not necessarily thinking about Batman. You know. Ooh, that's movie, a good point you've, yeah you've been so in batman's head you know how he thinks and you see that his true power is just how smart he is you know and you've you've truly watched batman start one way and end in another way and you you just really can't say that about the other batman movies um it's fair so yeah i say the batman nice nice Olivia? 
Uh, I'm going Lego Batman movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Street meat. Street meat. Street. Need a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just no context. Just yeah. it no, says it in very that. plain letters. <laughs> I need to be careful. <laughs> in, uh, the ba- in the Batman font. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, Isaac. I I would say I would say um, the Dark Knight. Um, I mean, this is gonna this is spoiling our final um, ranking of our top three or what have you. But like, the Batman is a close second for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was saying earlier, the Dark Knight has this sort of brutality to it, um, with Rachel being killed um, and the loss that. But but I do agree with you, Tim, and I do see to your point that like Pattinson is like this movie is about Batman, and I think there's mm-hmm. a certain power in that that is not really present in. There are glimpses of it in the Nolan movies, especially in certain certain scenes of The Dark Knight, and then certain scenes in The Dark Knight Rises when um, Bruce Wayne's back is broken and he climbs out of the pit eventually and it's just really triumphant and Mm -hmm. but again you just like kind of get back into the plot and how nolan is very cold about his characters in a way that reeves understands how to dig into them and make you really love them and see what makes them tick um yeah for sure so but i I will say the dark knight Yeah. yeah yeah i tim i would agree with you in that um the batman is is a better Batman movie in the sense that, yeah, you, you're you in Batman's head a lot more, um, and he has a great character arc that really makes sense for him. But just as a movie, I think The Dark Knight is still a just overall better, a better made movie than, mm-hmm. than The Batman. For the reasons I mentioned earlier, that I, the things that I disliked about The Batman, mainly in the pacing sense, um, I feel like dark knight kind of did that a little bit better so mm. but yeah I, I don't i don't disagree with you um about oh yeah uh, your reasoning sure. there yeah but i think i think the batman would probably be a my i don't know <laughs> i don't know because i'm tempted okay no we'll get to it we'll get to it never mind i'm getting yeah, out of my we'll stuff. get to it yeah yeah best supporting performance tim non-villain, non, non-villain. and yeah. just this movie yes okay uh right isaac no Ed, any or- any batman movie Oh yeah! Snap! Ah, oh, frick! Ah, oh, frick! That's so good. I know. Uh, oh, I love Christian Bale and Alfred together. It was so good. And I just, but I love freaking Gordon in this movie. He was so good. Mm-hmm. Gordon's Gordon's mine. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love the like. This Batman doesn't have a Robin, but he's got Gordon, and they're just like in it together. You know. It's just so cool. One of my yeah. favorite. Yeah. 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 I just can't say. They're all so good. They're all so good. One of my lo- low-key favorite scenes in this movie slash any Batman movies when he gets knocked out from the bomb that kills Peter Sardsgaard and then he wakes up on the table and there are a bunch of cops that are trying to take off his mask and mm-hmm. this tension in that scene is really, really good. Like, I was, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat. I was so excited. Um, Gordon like grabs him after he punches the cop and he's like it's not the way we do things and he's like that's that sort of intensity kind of shows Jim Gordon being like 
the best person the best person in the room Mm -hmm. in a way and i think that that's explored definitely in some of the comics to to a better extent than like gary oldman was good and he could tell he was a good cop but the nolan movies are so plot heavy that he besides just like putting the coat on young bruce wayne he doesn't like do anything else Mm -hmm. like he like he does like he sacrifices himself his wife and son think that he's dead at one point but like jeffrey wright just screaming at batman that's not the way you do things is really unique because it's him kind of telling this younger hot-headed dude young dude wearing a bat suit like you can't like you are gonna mess up you are about to mess up if you do this and you can't and like he kind of shows himself to be the best person there and i just really loved that and loved his his performance in this movie for sure yeah i think jeffrey wright was nothing but intense the whole time Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that that seemed like a sneaky compliment there walter no no sorry yeah i meant i meant that i did mean that as a compliment he was very intense and played it very well like his version of 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 gordon was like is very it it felt very intentional and very deliberate yeah and like it worked really well for this this version of it yeah yeah um on that note my favorite supporting performance uh for non-villain is actually gary oldman nice (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) yeah sorry i think um and maybe maybe this would change with the next iterate the next if they make a sequel for the Robert Pattinson ones. Um, I, I would definitely love to see more Jeffrey Wright uh, in this role, but uh, maybe because I saw uh, enough Gary Oldman um, in the Nolan films that I I just think I don't know he's just Gary Oldman is more more dynamic than Jeffrey Wright just because of the the way the movie was supposed to be right so jeffrey wright was not not one dimensional but very like i said just intentional and deliberate um and gary oldman was just a little more dynamic and i felt a little bit more depth again he had more movies to do so so that that could change so yeah yeah i love gary oldman and everything yeah Mm -hmm. so you can't you can't dislike gary oldman i don't know yeah yeah and he's so good at that like you just see him at the end of himself so many times in the Nolan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the character of Gordon is, he's supposed to be, like, the best. Like, he's supposed to be what you want cops to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like he he's he's who you as a kid thought cops were going to be like. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that about Gordon. And I think that Oldman and Wright both bring their own take. And I love both their takes. Yeah. And I think... Like everyone knows Gary Oldman is such a great actor. And I think that people who, who have ever seen Jeffrey Wright in anything is like, Oh yeah, he's a good actor, but I think he's really underappreciated, like on a like a broader scale. Sure. Yeah. So Sure. Um Okay. Olivia, did you give yours? Yeah, did you? No, I didn't. I have a really hard time picking a best supporting performance that's a non villain. I think I'm gonna go with Zoe Kravitz. I think mm, it's because mm. she was my favorite. I don't know if I would say she's the like the best, but I think she was my favorite. It's uh, I mean, yeah. she's up there. She's she, up there her, for sure. We barely we barely about, talked about her on I was about this to say, episode. We did not talk about her but much, but she, yeah, she's yeah. she and Pattinson's chemistry is kind of the highlight. Oh my of this gosh, movie. their chemistry is off the charts. Well, they they nailed that like that quasi romantic thing that mm-hmm. Catwoman and Bat- Batman have always historically had, you know, like it's always like so much tension and, um, and, and it's, it, it, 
not that it doesn't have a payoff, but it's like, like it's just so you know what I mean. Like it's like a start and stopping, you know. And mm-hmm. it's, I think that I think they nailed it, made it. I, I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Best Batman villain other than Heath Ledger's Joker. We specify that because if we didn't, everybody would just say Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Tim, what uh, you got? Uh, I really liked Ra's al Ghul in uh, Batman Begins. Mm. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool because Batman really just kind of got lucky that he beat him, you know? And that's yeah. kind of what the Rises shows with Bane coming back. Cause it's like Bane couldn't beat Ra's al Ghul, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was Liam Neeson, even though looking back, it's totally like cultural appropriation because Ra's al Ghul is supposed to be like this ancient like from the middle east dude Mm -hmm. definitely not liam neeson but (laughs) the way he played that character so good it was so well done yep it's it's hard to hate liam neeson for anything yeah i'll I'll watch anything liam neeson's doing Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely okay olivia uh i'm gonna go well i don't know i have a hard time with this uh, I want to say I, I do love Tom Hardy as Bane and I think that's who I'm going to go with even mm-hmm. though he was really just like a lackey for uh, what's her face in The Dark Knight Rises yeah but I thought he was great as Bane and I loved I loved him as Bane so I'm going mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's Bane okay nice love Tom Hardy mine's mine's Nicholson's Joker it's a pretty amazing performance. Uh, can't out of can't really field. say much more yeah. than that. Yeah. No, he's good. Um, yeah, Olivia, I'm, I'm going with you with Tom Hardy's Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... Because um, I think the only thing I had seen Tom Hardy in before was a movie called Warrior, or The Warrior. I can't remember exactly. Um, oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I'd, I remember I'd watched it with my dad several years ago, and... Um, Man, I just fell in love with Tom Hardy as an actor. I thought he was just, oh my gosh, he could, he could play almost any role, and I'd be, I'd be into it. Um, but then when I saw him first as Bane, I didn't believe it was Tom Hardy, and I don't yeah. know, maybe, maybe because it was just he had a mask that covers more than half of his face. Um, <laughs> but and also just like just the way he played it was so different than I feel like almost any other role that he's ever done, um, like including up till now. Um, and he just did it really well. He did his own version of Bane because Bane is another one of those uh, comic book characters that you can take a lot of different directions. Um, and I think his version, his version, fit really well for for um, that particular movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, big fan of that one. So, what's what's yeah. our next? Um... What's the best piece of Bat Tech? Now, Isaac, are we just saying in just Robert Pattinson's movie? Or are we just are we talking about any? Other? Any movie, yeah, and mine's mine's his Batmobile. I yeah, Pattinson's I love Batmobile. His, love his Batmobile. I love that he builds yeah. it, and it's scary. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the movie Christine about the killer car that uh, John Carpenter directed, based mm-hmm. on the Stephen King book, is uh, the inspiration behind this Batmobile, which I, I love. love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound design is what does it. That. When the car starts, you hear that shriek, you know, uh-huh. and you're like, mm-hmm. that's like the opposite of what you think it's going to sound <laughs> yeah. like. So yeah, super cool. And it sounds like a bat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually found one of the sound designers for the Batmobile on Instagram and messaged him how much the sound like made that Batmobile. Oh, nice. He said, that, so. Nice. nice. There nice. you go. Nice. 
my favorite bat. To, uh, 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 uh. First off, sorry to say first off, but I just love the way because I've always loved low tech Batman, mm-hmm. you know, where it's yeah. like Batman stuff. And I love the retractable, like taxi driver style ga- grapple gun he has. Yeah. This. But I also love the fact that the emblem's a knife. Yeah. Both things have never yeah. done in anything. Like, I mean, there's been similar grappling hooks that come out of like his gauntlets, but like no comic or anything that I know of has made the tactical knife in the chest or the gauntlets in his wrists. And it's so cool to see a character that's been done since 1939. I checked my watch to see what year it was. Um, <laughs> to see that character, like something new, you know, just new gadgets. That's just mm-hmm. such a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mine, mine's also the, the grapple gun. I thought that was just so cool. And I do think that it's, it's just kind of neat to see this like low tech version of Batman. Cause it mean in the dark night, especially like, you know, you see the Batmobile and it's like a freaking tank and, and you see kind of the like underground bunker that he has, has built to like, you know, work and figure out what all his toys are going to be. And so just seeing something as so simple as the, the grapple gun was just really cool. I also liked the wingsuit or he like then takes himself out and it gives him like, gives himself a concussion. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that was cool. But the, the gun for sure. I also love that he was so afraid to jump. Like you could see that that on his face. That was the first time you saw fear in his eyes when he like was about to jump. Yeah. I I love that. That's what's so cool is the movie does such a good job at showing and not telling, you know, mm-hmm. whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. He, says, he says to Alfred, I'm not afraid to die. You know, I thought I'd mastered all that, which mm-hmm. suggests he spent years mastering fear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so in, the, in that brief moment on the roof, you see him run and then look at the ledge and he's afraid, but then you see him center himself. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. in that moment, he mastered it like he knows how to do. Yeah. So in those like two, like, five second total scenes that like sums up all of Batman begins pretty much, which is so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. No, it's very yeah. cool. Yeah. So my favorite bat tech is also from this movie and I call it, uh, Robert Pattinson's call of duty healing potion. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm that pretty sure that's, that's used in the, the Arkham video games. Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. what one of my friends was telling me is like they because okay. I've, I've played them, but it's been so like so long and I didn't mm-hmm. play them for very long. And so. But that's what. Yeah, it, okay. it looks identical to a serum he takes at the end of Arkham City, to be exact. OK, but, <laughs> OK. Yeah. I, what I loved about that scene was. Uh, it shows how close he is to killing somebody all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everyone afraid. Cause every, again, like everyone has this image of him, like Selena and Gordon are both like his biggest fans deep down, you know? And then they see him inject that and they see, he's like gonna, I mean, he is, he's just flattening that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They all look afraid. They're like, Oh, like how long has this been in there? It was yeah. literally like the meat, the TikTok, like, like, yeah, and it's like, yeah. hey, dude, I think you got him, and he like doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> his, eyes, his eyes go white for a second as it like goes in, which is yeah. similar to the comic with white eyes. Um, really cool. Yeah, so I, uh, it, yeah, it just it felt very video gamey to me. It reminded me, of, yeah, for of course, Call of Duty. Um, like you mentioned, it, he did it in the the Arkham games. 
It also reminded me, of, I think it was Resident Evil 7, if any of y'all played that, where it's like whenever you need to heal yourself, you basically, like, you can get stabbed by, like, a sword by a monster <laughs> in Resident Evil, and then you just take, like, this, it looks like, um, like a bottle of like hydrogen peroxide and you just splash some of that in your hand and then you're like I'm good and then you keep going like it's <laughs> very video gamey um but like again I think it I think it worked um I think it worked in this one and even if it didn't work even if it was just stupid over the top I loved it like it was fun yeah yeah, the question is just like, what was his injury exactly? Was it just being tired? Because an adrenaline <laughs> shot would help that. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like you still like, need to go to the hospital. He had also been this, shot like point blank in the yeah, chest. Yeah, he'd been shot point blank. Double barrel shot. Yeah. yeah, Like with sniper rifles and yeah. double barreled yeah. shotguns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he like stays up all night like helping people, which is, I mean, dope. And then it's like another layer is like. I mean, I get like that woke him up, but shouldn't getting electrocuted after that like make this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like hard to like like this dude's just unstoppable. Yeah, um, it, this is a nitpick, but like because when we did our No Way Home episode, I um, made fun of the fact that someone was able to like chunk a brick like nine like, stories up say. into uh, <laughs> Peter Parker's apartment, and Daredevil caught it there. Um, but in in here he Peter Sarsgaard's head gets blown off and he is literally standing right there and there's no scratch or anything like on his face and I thought what was going to happen was that he was going to get all disfigured and then he was going to have to do like a Batman Beyond type mask Uh, the rest of the movie that would have been which I which is what I I hope happens in the next movie or at least the third one yeah. they end up doing a trilogy because i think that would be so cool yeah it'd be sick well, there is there's a new comic where it's lucius fox's lucius fox who's morgan freeman's character mm-hmm. his son is the new batman in like a Ooh. 10 year future gotham and that batman he does have the like face shield so that lowers the chances of seeing it on a bruce wayne uh, continuity batman but we yeah. could see that in like a multiverse you know that batman which would be really cool yeah yeah that would be like, cool. I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling up a picture of that right now actually and it does look insanely cool yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a cool looking suit yeah um well tim thanks for coming on appreciate you being here um Go talking on. all things batman so we'll you'll have to join us in five years whenever the next one gets released with <laughs> well, <I> mean, Pat and <laughs> mr reeves so did you see the trailer for the uh super pets movie no not yet this? yeah that showed that showed before before our our movie yeah yeah he's got ace the bat hound and keanu reeves is batman which is weird because i was just talking to somebody like how has keanu reeves not played batman <laughs> honestly when i saw that i was like man that's great casting why has he and not played a suitor it makes a lot of sense yeah it's a lot more comfortable just talking to a mic and not putting the the mask on and stand yes, around set true. for hours and hours but yeah 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 maybe yeah. that's why i wanted to do it <laughs> but um Man. yeah tim thanks for thanks for joining yeah thank we'll, you tim. Uh, Appreciate yeah it. thank you we'll follow up um on our social media with the stuff that we didn't cover like the the joker reveal um barry keown playing the joker which will be really cool in the next one um thank you for listening this episode was produced by walter lyle our music is by uh, Corden Jocks. Our artwork is by Macy Lummis. Our next episode will be top 
five basketball movies, I believe. It's March Ooh. Madness, baby. It's March Madness. Yeah, for March Madness. The nice. year of the bat. The year of March Madness. There you go. <laughs> the year sure. of March. <laughs> the this, year. this is the only time that I'm March so Madness tired. has ever I need happened. To go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys later. See you later.